Welcome back to the Lila Joe Show and welcome to season two, the season of ice skaters. As a competitive ice dancer myself, I am lucky enough to train alongside and to know some of the best athletes in the sport of figure skating. Now, many of you listening may know these skaters, but you haven't necessarily had the chance to get to know them as people. This season, these skaters will be stepping down off of the podium to chat with me and I've got a lot of questions for them. Today's conversation is with Olivia Smart. Olivia and her partner Adrian are the two-time Spanish national champions and finished top 10 at the European Championships. They are world championship competitors and hopeful 2022 Olympians. Olivia is a beautiful combination of sassy and soulful and is deeply in touch with who she is now as well as who she is growing to become. Olivia is excitedly exploring her unique path to the Olympic Games while taking care of two hilarious puggle puppies and baking plenty of banana bread along the way. How did she and Adrian move on from missing out on their Olympic dream by less than a point with such dignity in class? How was her secret romance with now boyfriend Zach exposed one day at the rink? And what is the first step that we all can take on the path to self-love and radiating beauty from the inside out? The answers to these questions and more are coming up next with Olivia Smart. All right, so Olivia, welcome to the show. Thank you. So my interviews are structured like the workouts that we do every day. We will start off with a warm-up of quick-fire questions, then the main workout, the longer part of the interview, and then the cool-down to finish. Perfect. So, Sounds like a really good scheduled plan. Yep. So let's warm up. <laughs> it's just some quick fire to get the, the blood flowing. Yep. Okay. Difficult question. English breakfast tea or Tim Hortons coffee? Okay. English breakfast tea. Okay. I don't drink it as much as Tim Hortons coffee, but it's like a it's a real treat like it's a good treat and it just you know the home feeling I'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure you feel that as well absolutely absolutely yeah which British delicacy do you miss the most oh wow this is a hard one um I think the homey goods like the homey foods but the biggest one is like a Sunday dinner roast Mm. with the family like not, not just because of the food, but because it brings everyone together. Yeah, that's so yeah. special. I know that you love to eat eggs. So, scrambled, fried, or boiled? Fried. Okay. Like an English breakfast, right? Yeah, that's, yeah. The, that's where my I could mind guess. <laughs> I could guess straight away. What is your favorite Spanish word? Mm, I say muy bien a lot. Mm-hmm. I just, I feel like I say it all the time to food, to friends, to my dogs, muy bien. It's a very simple word, very good, but it works. It It gets the job done, and it's positive. It is, it is. How would you describe your accent? Because it's quite a mix, and it is so adorable, and I love it, but just explain it to people. Well, I'll I'll let you guys know where, where people think I'm from, usually. I get Australian. Cool. And... South African a wow. couple of times I've got and I'm like whoa okay but um because I'm originally born in England I have a strong 
British accent, mm-hmm. but it's actually a Yorkshire accent. So it's uh, it's a harsh British accent. And it mainly comes out when I speak to family or friends that are from England, i.e. Lila. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you may hear it a little bit during this interview. Even though and... I'm like, I have a weird accent too. <laughs> Oh, we've ad- we've adapted. We're we are people that just adapt to where we live and the mm. people we're around. Yeah, we're so accent chameleons. I'm around her, American and Canadian, mainly. So I've kind of picked up this twang and yeah. Oh, I'm I not Australian. It. I am British. It's a huge compliment, <laughs> though. I wish I had an Australian accent. Who is your favorite DJ at the moment? Ooh, this is a good one. Um. Okay, I think I've been listening to Diplo the most, mm-hmm. but mainly because his genre is a mix of everything. And he's not just a DJ, like, he's a huge influencer in everything. He has a family. But I've been listening to his live sets, his SoundCloud sets. Like, he has some podcasts as well that I've been listening oh, to. Wow. And yeah, just because it's a a mix of genres so I can go all day listening to it and not be listening to the same thing over and over again that's good so it doesn't get repetitive and last question of the warm-up Kate Middleton or Meghan Markle Kate Middleton Mm, I have to she's just she's pure Mm, she's so classy yeah I remember watching their well just watching their wedding Mm -hmm. and her and her sister are just yeah, and I remember her sister's dress. It was a real. Um, it yeah, I actually the think show. she outshined yeah. Kate. I think I think many people say that. All right, so I always start with my guest childhood to understand your foundation and how you grew into the woman that you are today. So, as you mentioned, you were born in the UK in Sheffield, yes. right? And um, you're the only daughter of Samantha and Adrian, and the older sister to Liam. And your family is so wonderful, and I just want everyone to understand what a loving environment it is. So I'm going to have you set the scene of a particularly magical Christmas. I believe it was last year. It involved pajamas and horses. So just briefly tell me about that Christmas morning so that we can get a glimpse into the Smart Family household. Okay, so the family household has changed over the past two two or three years now we moved we lived in a small town called Treaton in Rotherham and it was a brick house all on like a cul-de-sac and then we ended up purchasing my family ended up purchasing their dream home which is a farmhouse it's in the middle of nowhere it takes like an hour to get to the city but it's unbelievable it's amazing and my mom has been a horse rider since she was a little girl and she's in love with horses to this day she still rides uh still competes as well and she wins nearly everything she does she's oh. a star she doesn't glow about it though so i will do that that's your job um so we have the horse stables she has her own horses and she also boards horses for other people and it's just this huge not the house itself is huge, but the land around it, like being able to look outside and just see greenery mm. and farms and like crops, it's beautiful. So of course the winter is not as green would you say beautiful <laughs> with the sun and as, as green. <laughs> but the the nicest part was it was so frosted outside, like it wasn't snowing, but it looked like Christmas. Wow. 
Um, and of course, like you have to let the horses out. So the horses are outside. You you're looking outside on this Christmas morning, and the fireplace is on, like a wood burning fire. Everybody's wearing matching pajamas, matching slippers. We're all sat around the fire, and we always have this tradition Christmas morning to make breakfast sandwiches, so eggs, bacon, sausage, whatever you want, and have a drink of what we call in England Bucks Fizz, which is technically a mimosa. And the biggest part of moving to this house was it's not just my mom, dad, my little brother and I. Um, Zach was with us this Christmas, which was like phenomenal, like unbelievable to have him with us and mm. just to be in that environment, especially because it was my first Christmas in this house. It was, a, it was really special to have him there with mm. us. But my grandparents actually also live with us now in this house and they have this huge space but it's two separate houses so they're attached but there's a door in the middle that they can lock <laughs> that's important right yeah <laughs> so um so the, just the scene just having everybody together in this new what we can now call home that is nowhere nearly finished with how they want to plan it and how they want to decorate it but it it really felt homey just by sitting by a fire mm. in matching flannel pajamas and just seeing family and all the dogs. <laughs> so yeah, it was just a really, it's really peaceful. That's what I can describe it as the most. And it really says a lot about your family in that even though it was a new house, it was able to feel like a home because of the people that were there and what you were sharing together. And what is one of your fondest memories from your childhood? Me and my, well, I think I actually got a camera for my birthday or Christmas one year. And me and my little, little brother put it to good use one night. And we walked the dogs, but it kind of felt like a bit of a chore back then. But then we started getting into the habit of going out in like the fall time of the year, taking the dogs out for a walk with the camera. And we would take the randomest pictures. We would take pictures of leaves, pictures of the dogs, pictures of us. And we, we got even to a point where we would put the camera on a curb, put a timer on, and get us all in the picture. <laughs> That's so cute. My, I, I'm reminded of it because my little brother posted a picture of one of those moments for my birthday the other day. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, that's an old picture, but that's I have that memory stuck in my mind now. I can't unpicture it oh that's so sweet yeah it's so cute and like my little brother used to fight and then love each other so to have these pictures and like memories mm. is it's amazing so speaking of your little brother how would you describe Liam like what does he love to do he's he acts like a man like he has really stepped up since he hit the age of I'd say 17 like he well, shot up, of course, in height, but like even in maturity, like he started working for a building and construction company. Not my dad's company yet, because I think he has to like take baby steps before Got he it. can get that. Got it. Um, but he's working every day, and so yeah, I just I'm really proud of like where he's come, and even down to the group of friends he has. Like, men and boys can always be foolish and funny. And his friends are the definition of foolish, but they are the nicest, the, the kindest boys I, I've ever met. Like they're, 
they make you laugh, but they also make you feel super warm and safe. Like I remember one year I was home for my birthday mm. and all my friends were at university. So my little brother and his friends invited me out for dinner and drinks and to go out. And I had the best night with them. They're all two years younger than me. Let's just put that out there. But I had the best night with them. It was so fun. And they're, they're kind of like a, they're kind of carefree. So, mm. so yeah, he's really come, he's really come far. And you are your mother's twin and you two <laughs> have the, the most beautiful bond. What do you value most about your mom? The most, I'd say, is her safety towards me. Like, she has a big safety net around me in general. That woman can sense if I'm off in the slightest. So sometimes she'll ask, like, are you okay? Like, what's up? And then nothing will be wrong but it will trigger something in my mind. And I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe something is <laughs> She can read me like a book. She's, so yes, she's just knows when I need to talk or I need my space mm. or she just knows me so well. So she is very diligent to my safety around me and like, the people I'm with and the things that I'm like getting myself into she's always making sure that I'll be safe Mm. and my heart's okay and my mind is okay and she's always like reassuring me of like do what you want and I'm here if you need me like that's that's her to a T and your dad you're also very close with your dad what is the most significant lesson that you've learned from him Oh, my dad. I've always been a daddy's girl. Like, me and my dad have never stepped on the wrong foot. Like, we've always been... We've never... I don't think we've ever had an argument. We've ever had anything bad. Mm. He's always helped me through a lot. Um, And sometimes that may be like, if I have an argument with my mom, he helps me through it. But the biggest thing I've learned through my dad... I'd say is is the hard work is the the grit and grind of what you can accomplish from nothing in a way okay he's always taught me since I was younger I had to leave school to move out the states and skate and this is a big thing because I didn't want to leave school I really didn't I cried every day. I didn't want to leave my friends. I didn't want to not do my exams with them. And I got into a a hard place of being like, look, I don't know whether I can do homeschooling. And I told him, like, I'm not the smartest person in the class. Like, I'm not sure if I'm going to get A's on all my exams. I'm not even sure I'm going to pass them. And he he's always taught me, and he I remember him saying to me a while ago that, it's not what you know always, it's sometimes who you know. Mm. And in the moment when you're younger, you kind of like blow over those things, but it's always stuck by me. And it's very true because my dad didn't go to school. He didn't have a bright future ahead of him. He was a bit of a rebel child. And he knew a few people around him that 
could really help him push him up and he knew he had a future and career in sight he just needed to reach out to the right people to help him set it up and start it mm. and he did like he borrowed money and borrowed support from people and now he's own now he owns his own building construction company and he's has over 100 men working for him he is thriving like he's wow. he knew he had to do it to support family and to be successful and to live comfortably because he wasn't bright he wasn't getting A's on exams he wasn't taking exams and for me I was the same and I I'm still the same I struggle in in learning in education even learning a language for me I find it so hard some people can speak many and I admire it so much and I find it so hard to even remember one sentence and I know a lot of people find it hard to reach out to people but sometimes that can take you a long way like it can really set up your future I think it's a case of swallowing your pride and being open to learning right and to, yeah, to building exactly. that community yeah yeah so for me that's that stood by me for my whole career and even in skating for our skating coaches it's not what you know it's who you know I don't know anything about skating technique but I know Patch and Marie and Roman and, and all they, the coaches in they Montreal know a lot. they can all help me that's a great so, point yeah wow. and it's really it's clearly had a huge impact on you yeah Wow, that's something to think about, and I think that's going to be inspiring for everyone listening, too, if they've struggled with school or feeling forced to take the conventional path. They can really branch out and broaden their horizons. Yeah, exactly. Thank your dad for that piece of wisdom, too. Oh, you're welcome. That's great. Yeah, thank you, Adrian. I I say Adrian, I mean my dad. I know. That's why I asked your dad's name, and you texted me Adrian, and I was like, seriously? Because that's your skating partner's name. (laughs) Yeah, and so his name's Adrian, but for short, we call it AD, which is A-D-I. AD. Um, that's cool. But that's that's just the way. So I, I do split them with AD and Adrian, okay. or Dad and Adrian. <laughs> so not too confusing. Yeah. All right. So how did you end up on the ice for the first time? I ended up skating for the first time because, well, in England, I think in most, play, most countries, for, sometimes for birthday parties, yep. people like to go figure skating. Yep. And a friend did this once. Uh, I was super bad. Well, I guess I was super bad in a way that I looked dangerous to my mom. <laughs> and I wanted to go in like more and more with friends. So my mom made a deal with me. Look, if you want to go with friends and I'm going to have to trust you, I want you to take some lessons. Because it's a pretty dangerous sport if you think about it. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. So, especially for me in the beginning, it was like Bambi on ice. So my mom said, look, take some lessons and you can go with your friends. And of course, during these lessons, some coaches saw potential. I was having a blast and now we're here. Here we are. And I actually remember because you used to skate for Great Britain. And Mm -hmm. I remember one of the solo dance championships before you started with your first partner. I, I saw you skate. And I was just in complete awe at your talent. And I was like, she's the next British star. I still remember it. I remember your costume. I was just blown away. And I was right. You, you went so far. And you, you found a partner soon after, Joseph Buckland. 
and that took you to America. So how old were you when you moved away? I was 14. So that's very young, and I imagine that it would have been very difficult moving away from family at such a young age. So what was this experience like, and how did you cope? The experience, like the whole moving away scenario for me when I look back at it it was a mess like for me I was not ready and it happened well it came from my partner and parents and coaches but it also came from my high school principal she she's a she's a big skating fan the school I went to actually um had a few students that were skaters as well one being Tiffany Sawskate no way yeah, me and Tiffany went to the same school. What a small world. That's wild. wild right? That is so wild. Um, so the principal was a huge fan of skating and myself at the time. And she just, my mom and her sat down and had a meeting and they planned for me to leave. And it was all ready. And I just had, I was just, no, I can't say forced. I was pushed to go. They saw the potential and... Look, my partner was going. I had the chance to train with Nick and Penny in the U.S. Mm. with an Olympic coach. So it's the opportunity of a lifetime. The plan at first was to go out for four weeks, test it out, and then see. I think, like, the first five days when I left, I cried most nights. Mm. Wanted to be home with my family. And at the time, friends, as a selfish teenager, you miss your friends, you miss missing out (laughs) and after the five days I met friends at the rink in New Jersey I met friends with the family I was living with I was having a blast it was sunny there was a pool and after those four weeks I didn't want to leave yeah I all my friends in the U.S. made me t-shirts made me books and like said how much they were gonna miss me and I did the same I cried when I left I didn't want to leave my friends Turns out, a couple of weeks later, we actually went back and we went back to move. I think it was the year of the Olympics and this summer. Uh, I volunteer at some kids' schools and not to like help out with anything. I go to talk to kids during their pe- their their period of time of getting ready to go to high school because I kind of I'm able to relate the feeling of moving to the U.S. to kids going to high school leaving schools, leaving their friends, meeting new friends, the fear of the unknown, Absolutely. as we would say. Yeah. Um, so you can relate it to a lot, um, but the transition itself, it's, it was terrifying. But once you've done that step and you adapt, it's, you're so glad you did it. So, yeah, I was very glad I moved to the U.S. because I don't think I would be the skater I am today. And I don't think I would be... Honestly, I'm not sure if I would be still, I would be competing in skating because I wouldn't have had a partner and I wouldn't have had this set up to start from where I was to where I am now. Mm. So that push from my head teacher, my mom and everybody was, I'm very, very grateful for. The leap of faith was worth it. There you go. There you go. And you are so mature. It's like, even from when you were younger, everyone always comments on your maturity. So I was wondering, was there 
a specific defining experience earlier on in your life that prompted this early development? Um, I honestly go back to the, the moving experience. I think adapting to living away from family made a huge impact on, on me and the way I hold myself and the way I talk to people. So even like, okay, even down to like making your own bed, washing your own bed sheets from when you live at home to when you live away, these are the little things that you don't always think about. So look, I was making my own bed and washing my own sheets sometimes and your own clothes. I had to learn how to wash. I was 14. It's not something I had done at this point. I was very privileged. My mom did this when I was younger. But a lot of people, a lot of teenagers don't get to do that until they go to university or college. Mm. And that's around 17, 18 18, years old? 17, 18, yeah. Yeah. So I, of course, started this four years earlier when I was 14. So I think that maybe I had the head start on leaving so young to being put in that situation to taking care of myself more. And I think just being put in the spotlight, like in figure skating in general, like doing interviews, as you would know, you have to learn how to talk and hold yourself well. Yeah. And... I was back in Jersey. I was surrounded by, um, I don't want to say older people, but they were older than me. They were all in their 20s, late 20s. And I was still 14, 15, 16. Um, So I was surrounded by more mature people. And I'm very grateful for it today because I'm with, my partner's older than me, my boyfriend's older than me, but I don't feel like I'm younger than them. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. you don't act younger than them either at all. (laughs) I think it's pretty clear based on the story you told about moving to New Jersey and how quickly you made friends and adapted there. And you are a self-proclaimed social butterfly. And you have a network of loved ones all over the world. You You continue to foster such a huge array of relationships despite living in different cities. And I think a lot of people right now, given the global pandemic, are struggling to feel connected. So... What advice do you have for maintaining those relationships during this time? This is a good one. Um, What's funny is you asked me, like, uh, maybe one of your questions is later on, what am I doing to feed my soul right now? Maybe. I'm going to point, I put more than one pointer, but for one. Okay. um, One of those is reaching out to others, which not for, a lot of people wouldn't say that feeds their soul, but connecting with other other people whether that be family members friends or sometimes not even friends like for us fans yeah um it's i feel like at this moment in time it's really important to stay in touch and be giving love to people especially because in this time we do have a lot of time to be on technology on our phones on social media mm-hmm. so if we have that time to be on our phones it will take you a couple of minutes to send a message to somebody or even if you have the time to give somebody a call. Um, even if you don't want to give somebody a call, some, I did. I gave one of my best friends a call and I was like, I'm not in the mood, but I'll give him a call. We were on the phone for like an hour and a half after that and I was having the best time. Like, So you get carried away, but it, it really, it distracts you from... I'd say, like, what's going on in the world right now? Mm-hmm. Not just on TV, you read it on the news, but you also see it all over social media. Mm-hmm. 
So speaking face-to-face with someone via FaceTime or Zoom or Skype, it is really nice to shut out the world and have a human conversation, especially if you're alone in your home at the moment on lockdown. To be like be face to face with someone, it I think is very important, mm. and spreading love to everyone, whether that be posting an Instagram story. For me, I don't think a lot of people care about what I post on my Instagram stories. I still do it just in case there's that one person that wants to click on the link that I've attached, just in case there's one person that appreciates it. I'm like, I always, sometimes I apologize to people like, look, I'm sorry, my story is so long, but I know there's someone out there that's going to appreciate it. More than one person, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. My grandma and my mom. Okay. Two. two. And, and AD? My dad? Yeah. No, Maybe. he's not, he's not a social media man. Okay. So we've got two people. That's pretty good. Two people. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think just reaching out to everybody, even, even if you don't feel the need to or you don't feel like you're not that sort of person to just let out love or let out hope once you've done it i promise you you'll feel either uplifted brighter lighter mm. you'll feel a good sense you won't you'll never feel a negative or bad sense to like with what you've just done thank you for that's that that's the best thing now you had a very impressive career with joe and I was wondering, what did you bring forward from this partnership to the rest of your career that you appreciated? The biggest thing I brought from my partnership with Joe to where I am now and with my partnership with Adrian mm-hmm. is um, friendship and gratitude. Oh. Um, it was my first partnership with Joe and we clashed heads a decent amount we were both fire but off the ice we were best friends like we had the best time we laughed so much but unfortunately on the ice it just didn't work as well but to this day like I'll see him at competitions we still have a blast he's the funniest guy and it makes me it makes me look back and like think oh I really wish I like showed more gratitude towards that friendship Mm. on the ice and off the ice but that's just a big learning lesson from me being a young girl so I've really brought it forward into my partnership with Adrian and not just with Adrian with the people around me the people I train with because there's so many of us Mm -hmm. like showing gratitude and showing how that friendship has developed and even with Adrian, like if you have, if you're having a bad day one day and you're you're tired, you're grumpy, you can always make yourself come out of it in a way. Whether that means you crack a joke to your partner mm. and you both laugh about it, and just making things feel a little bit lighter between you, and getting off the ice with a smile. For me, yeah. like getting off the ice in a calm, positive way is is important and I do really wish I applied that when I was in Jersey um when I was younger but look they're all learning points something I've really taken on board and you teamed up with Adrian in late 2015 by the way I can't believe it's already been that long 
When you just said 2015. I know. Nobody can see my face, but my eyes are like, what? <laughs> yeah, I can see. I can uh, support that. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because Lewis and I started at the same time as you guys. And it's time, time has flown so quickly. Oh my goodness, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I know. So that's just a bomb to drop right there. Anyways. So now I feel old. <laughs> now, now you do. Me too. I'm not 12 anymore. <laughs> but you, I know that you, um, I believe that initially you asked Adrian to move to Michigan where you were based and then you showed up in Montreal and changed your mind. So what is it about the environment here in Montreal at the Academy that is different from past training environments and that you were drawn to? So in the beginning, when I first came to Montreal, I, well, I had my tryout here first and the tryout was awesome and we, it was with Patch and I was a little intimidated by Patch yeah. in the beginning. You know, I think we, I think we all are a little bit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember at the end of the tryout, he asked me to just come aside and agents stay there and. He told me, like, look, this was a really good tryout, but I've heard you're fire. And I know he's fire. So if there's any tension, if there's any, you know, bad vibes on the ice, he's like, I won't take it. And you can imagine my reaction. Well, my reaction was just, okay, don't react. <laughs> Smile and nod. <laughs> yeah. So... That was my first impression of Patch and the school. But look, that's not a bad impression. Mm -mm. That was a good impression. And I went back to Michigan because that's where I was based at the time. Yeah. I had an apartment there and everything. And I hadn't been with the coaching school in Michigan for long, but I did enjoy it. So I, I had an apartment, everything like rented out there. So I did read. I did ask Adrian if he wanted to move that, just out of curiosity. Okay. And he said no, and I was fine with it. I was like, okay, well, I had nothing to lose at the time, and I went to Montreal. And oh, I was so, so nervous when I came to Montreal. I was, I lived with Maddie and Adrian for the first couple, first couple of weeks. I'd say it's like six weeks or mm -hmm. maybe more when I first came to Montreal. So already, like, I was nervous to live, stay with them, two successful skaters, and I was nervous to train. Great. <laughs> and the school, like, the rink itself, the coaches and all the skaters, like, really made everything feel so comfortable. Mm. Um, especially Zach. He, we all know Zach being a big, loving, positive person. And, like, you'd walk into the locker room and he's making jokes and just, I would sit there and laugh to myself and he would just make me feel comfortable and just not stress too much about what I'm about to do on the ice. Um, but the whole environment itself was, to this day, like, it's grown a lot, of course. I think you've seen the growth in the school. Oh, yeah. But that day they really made me feel like a part of their family. Um... And, a, like, a big shout-out to Maddie and Adrian for that because they really took me under their wing in letting me stay with them, even down to doing groceries and all those things, introducing me to new places. 
so yeah, it's always been a scary but good scary feeling being yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. So I have this thing on my show where I have my guest create the Instagram bio of their skating partner. So let's say nobody knows Adrian or they haven't had the chance to meet the wonderful guy that he is. You're in charge of writing his bio. So what are some key details, just a few, that you absolutely must include so that people can get a sense of who Adrian is? Okay. So I start his biography with Spaniard. Adrian Diaz Bronchut. Mm-hmm. That And period. Like, that would be the starting line. <laughs> Very dramatic. Oh, he, he, he deserves it. And mm-hmm. a fire emoji after it. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and I'm not sure whether I would put skating next or his life partner because they're mm. from they're huge, huge parts in his life. But like for me, like you don't, I don't say Maddie without Adrian. I don't say Adrian without Maddie. So life partner of Madison Hubble, they really lift each other up and or like thriving in life together um spanish figure skating king oh yeah yeah okay javi fernandez we all know he's the spanish skating king spanish skating ice dancer there we go okay yeah compromise yeah and true artist he has a very pure soul and I love how genuine how forward he is how honest he is so these are just keywords that I would put in his biography here his biography um dog owner yeah family lover like he keeps them very close to his heart whenever I see him and his family together I'm like okay don't don't cry don't cry don't blow Hold it up. together <laughs> Yeah, and just potential potential life coach. Not Ooh. just in figure skating. Just like as a I'm not sure if he wants to be a dad, but as a dad, as a coach, as a figure skating coach. Yeah, he's he's a very powerful man. Whether he knows that or not, that's what we I get a sense from him. Mm. Powerful man, period. Yep. Ending. There you have it. <laughs> You're listening to The Lila Joe Show. So I know that you said that no one cares about your Instagram stories, but you do have a killer Instagram and inspire so many. So I thought I would integrate a few quotes of yours from your Instagram throughout the interview. So let's start off with this one. Difficult roads often lead to beautiful destinations. And just because my path is different doesn't mean I'm lost. So one difficult road that you went on was that to... 2018 Olympics in Pyeongchang. You and Adrian fought really hard and came so close, but this goal was not realized. How did you process this new reality and accept the decision with such dignity and class? Mm, this, um, this, I'd say, bump in the road was, at the time, huge. It was I didn't realize how big the Olympics was until this moment. I didn't realize how important it was. 
because as a child I've always said I want to go to the Olympics I want to go to the Olympics yeah and it seems easy but it's it's not and I it took me a while to really process what had happened and not being at the games when for us every teammate was every friend was mm. So it took, I'm, I can't lie, it took me a very long time to, to work through it and get over it and look at it in a positive, motivating way. Uh, we did train a little bit through the month of the Olympics, but I also did take a week to go home back to the UK to family, which I needed. Like I needed that for my soul, just to be with loved ones at this time. But from then... We knew we were going to Worlds in Milan after the Olympics. And we said, look, like this is, this is what we've been handed to us. We didn't get the Olympics. We know we should be there. But it's out of our control now. We did everything we could to get there. So we couldn't do much more other than work for Worlds. So we worked our butt off for Worlds and stayed distracted with that work mm. and i'm not sure if everybody did watch the recap of worlds that they aired this week and i watched the programs and that was the best we've ever skated like the feeling of those programs and how we trained made me forget completely about not going to the games wow. which it distracted my mind and it distracted my soul like it made me forget about the the bad feeling I felt. And look, the Olympics is not just a week of competition. It's not a Grand Prix or an international. It's a month long. Yeah. So a month long of like beating yourself down and just wishing you were somewhere you weren't, it's a lot and it, it takes its time to heal. But I used that grit to heal through skating, through hard work for Worlds in Milan. So yeah, it, it really, it did take its time, but eventually we got there and afterwards I treated myself to going to Rome with a group of friends and going home and then going on vacation. Like I really like soothed my, my body and my heart with just everything that it needed after that time, because it was, it wasn't just, um, disappointing. It was, it was exhausting Yeah. mentally and physically. Um, so yeah, it's, and to, to be honest, like if that hadn't happened, I wouldn't be the person I am today. Right. Um, it's really made me push, not just for training and skating every day, but just taking, pushing for everything around it, whether that be off ice, ballet, like all the things that you go home, you're like, I'm so tired, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Which I do feel that, and I do say that sometimes, but I get there and I push, like I feel like, I know where I want to go. I know the direction I want to go in. Mm. And it's just going to make that day. I find out I'm going to the Olympics 10 times more special. I'm excited for you. And thank you. This memory in Milan was such a, a special and happy one for you. But you mentioned in one that one of your favorite memories with Adrian was a sad one. And it was after Spanish nationals when you found out about not going to the Olympics. And it's such a touching moment that I'm just going to read about. 
We just laid on the bed and it kills me to see a man crying and we were both there crying in sync and I will never forget that. I feel like that's where we really connected. It's a sad memory, but it was in a way uplifting after. So after the tears subsided, how was your connection with Adrian different and how did you move on together in such a positive light? I felt after after this moment of disappointment and just tears in general, I felt like I was able to open up to him way more than I have ever done. And I hope him too, but I felt I felt like we well, we both just really felt an opening to each other more. Um and just the comfort of coming to one another during a hard time or if we feel something. And like there'll be days where I'm on the ice and I, I, we sense things between each other. Like he, he knows when I'm off, mm-hmm. but sometimes he won't say, he'll just let it be and let, until he needs to. So yeah, I really just feel like we, it's helped us open up to each other. And of course, from the work from our coaches and off ice, it did, it did make a difference on the ice. Like we were really able to get deep in our programs and make stories that meant really, really mingle things. Um, but off the ice, you don't always get that as fast, but like that, that moment changed everything for me. It really made me feel like I could lean on him for anything, not just skating related things. So yeah, that's where we're at. And you guys are a great team, a really great team. And another, another great team is you and your boyfriend, Zach. So, you mentioned that he really played a role in welcoming you to Montreal. But when did you realize that there was a spark? Did you have a crush on him? How did he win you over? Give me the details. Okay, I'm going to spill the tea. Spill the tea, girl. <laughs> spill the English breakfast tea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, what's funny is I came here. I knew, I knew of Zach. I met him at Shanghai Worlds. Okay. Um. Very briefly, though, not super well. And I didn't have a crush on him at all. Like, he knows this, so I I feel comfortable saying it. Okay, fine. I didn't have a crush on him at all. I didn't think I had a type, but he was not. He's not my type. He wasn't my type at the time. Um, But our personalities, like, clashed in the best way. Like, we made each other laugh. We're both goofy and just kind of carefree. Um, so he's the person that I would, like, go for brunch with. I would get out of the house. He lived not far from my agent, so we would, like, go to brunch around the corner because I didn't have a lot of a lot of friends when I first came here, like, a lot of close friends I felt super comfortable with. I hung out with Gabriella a lot when I moved here because we had junior priest together. Oh. Um... So sometimes, like, me, Gab, and Zach would go for brunch, and then me and Zach would go for dinner, or, like, go on a walk or something. So we just kind of spent a lot of time together when I first came here. And I didn't think anything of it. And I mean anything. And we... Oh, one night I went over to Zach's place to play Xbox, and I play Xbox. And... I remember telling Maddie and Adrian, oh, I'm going to Zach's place. And they were like, woo And I was like, what? No. Nuh-uh. Where's this come from? <laughs> uh, 
And they're like, oh, okay, sure. And so I went over to Zach's place, and I'm like, why did they think that? And we never played Xbox. We <laughs> sat and watched TV and talked all night. Um, and I went over, like, pretty early in the evening, so I was expecting to come back, like, around a decent time. Mm. We ordered sushi, and we just talked. And at one point, I think we just, like, were late there, like, sat there talking, and then we just paused, and, like, we're just staring at each other. No- nothing happened. No kiss. Nothing. And then I went home. <laughs> what a cliffhanger. And it was, like, an awkward feeling, but, like... It clicked in a way. And I remember walking home with that, like, excite, excited feeling. But also, like, why didn't he kiss me? Like, why didn't he do that? And I was like, why am I thinking like this? That's so confusing. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So, of course, I went back to Maddie. I went home to Maddie and Adrian's. And, uh, yeah, like, the night after that, like, I really felt like I was starting to like get excited to see him at the rink get excited to go do things with him and the feeling of like getting excited to see someone in work like in training I would put makeup on in the morning and like make sure I look good and (sighs) yeah it was it was a funny feeling and it just blossomed from (laughs) we would just spend all of our time together and we became comfortable with each other and I got my own place and Zach would hang out with me all the time to the point where it, it kind of seemed like we were living together. He was there that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't tell anybody at the rink. Oh, how did you pull that one off? I have no idea. That's impressive. But one day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to spill this. Okay, let's, it's let's hear it. Um... The schedule is usually 7.30 on the ice. Yeah. But this one day, clearly we didn't check the schedule well enough. The time had changed to 7.15. And uh, Zach and I were together one night. And the next morning, we of course, were going to skating. And we were prepared for the 7.30 session. And it was in the summer. It was um, during off-season, so... I'm not going to lie, we didn't go in before to warm up. Okay. So we, of course, are walking into the rink, and this is a time when you had to go up, and then you had to go down the oh, stairs no. to get in. So everybody can see you if you're on the ice. Oh, no. And <laughs> I think it was Maddie and Adrian that both messaged us saying, like, hey, where are you? And then Zach was like, um, on my way, why? And she informed us it was 7.15. So me and Zach ran to the rink, forgetting completely that we're together. And we, of course, run into the rink together. Everybody in the ice sees us together. So it was obvious. And did this include Patch? Was he on the ice? Yes. Nice. Okay, so just to really, <laughs> yeah, like, on the ice. kick that one But off. I remember I got on the ice, and I was very, I was so uncomfortable it was so awkward I was bright red I was so embarrassed and I remember Adrian comes up behind me and he's like "Ooh, you and Zach and I'm like no he's like an older brother teasing you he was like oh I'm so happy that's so cute so yeah that was the reveal that was that was the big moment yeah 
Well, we all love you together and definitely celebrate your relationship. I think you're such a gorgeous couple and treat each other so well. And it's such a joy to see how you've grown together over the years. Thank you. He's been a a big part for me. He's really helped me. Well, he's helped me look at things differently than I've ever done. And yeah, we, we help each other a lot. It's, it's cool. So as most people know, your boyfriend, Zach, skates for the USA with Madison Hubble, who is engaged to your skating partner, Adrian. Boom. So that, that took me a while to, to figure out, by the way, to word it in a way that wasn't confusing. But I think yeah. in general, it seems complicated and interesting for outsiders. So how do you, how do you all navigate this complex web of relationships? Um... What's funny is it seems complicated, but it's like the complete opposite. It's, it's, it's really, it's really chill. Um, in the beginning it was for me, I was like, Oh no, like I I shouldn't be dating somebody that's skating with my part. I don't know. Like I didn't know how to word it and it made me feel, um, like I shouldn't be doing it. But when you look at it, it's it's a cool, positive, unique thing, to, like a group of friends to have and a group of people to have around you. We make the most of it when we travel mm. because we like to travel together and then you get to travel with your significant other and your partner and your friends. So it's, it's, a, cool, it's a cool dynamic we have. But we don't go too deep into it. Like we, we don't usually hang out like off the ice um but like on the ice it's it's really nice to see like maddie and adrian will skate together and then me and adrian will and me and adrian will skate together and then me and zach will skate together um regardless if maddie was engaged to adrian i would still be able to go to her for mm. advice on things and everything at home maddie and adrian are our skating partners are our friends like we're we're talking to our friends we're not mm. doing business at home yeah because it's something we want to do. It's the people we want to talk to. Um, so yeah, it's a cool dynamic. I know a lot of people online take it as like a a weird thing. And like during the Olympics, it was on BuzzFeed with like colored lines with text next to it, like pointing to who's who, what color. Oh what. no way! I didn't know that. People like used it as like the juicy gossip so we're clearing up all the rumors it's not that juicy yeah it's pretty simple right yeah okay it's it's cool we can we can really make um as stephanie says to us our life coach she tells us like it's a unique dynamic like we can really use this nice so i'm gonna get another pearl of wisdom from your instagram Go and love someone exactly as they are, and then watch how quickly they transform into the greatest, truest version of themselves. When one feels seen and appreciated in their own essence, one is instantly empowered. How have you transformed since falling in love with Zach? Oh. <laughs> um, I really feel like Zach has seen me for who I am, like mind body and soul from the beginning like since we met and he's seen me grow from there to who I am now and there are flaws in there but he's 
the best thing is, is he's helped me guide them. Hmm. He's helped me guide these flaws to be something greater and to expand to things that I would never usually expand to. Like even down to my languaging, like the way I speak. Sometimes I get things wrong and he corrects me. And it's like, it's helped me to be the person I am now. And he's really helped me grow. And that's a big part of my maturity, I think as well, as we were talking about earlier. He's expanded my knowledge, everything. A lot of little details, but it's really all come to one big picture. And I think for me, watching him work so hard in what he does has also inspired me mm. to to be who I am and the athlete I am today. And as well as giving so much love to Zach and your friends and your family, you really emphasize the importance of self-love. And you wrote in another gorgeous Insta post, Really, over the years, I've noticed the little things. The little things changed and continuing to change. My body, my mind. But the biggest lesson was feeling and learning that beauty is how you feel inside, and it reflects in your eyes. It is not something physical. How did you learn this lesson, and how did your perspective change moving forwards? Okay, so for me, when I first, when I first moved here to Montreal, I wasn't at a place with my body I wanted to be. I wasn't super happy. Um, I wanted to be skinnier, I wanted to be leaner. Um, and I was working super hard, but I wasn't seeing results. A little bit impatient, let's say that. Okay. So I found that very hard. So I talked to a lot of people. I reached out to Stephanie for the first time, talked to my mom about it, I talked to Zach about it a lot. And I eventually, I eventually got that. Like I got to where I wanted to be and sustained it. And I felt great. I felt awesome. But then another bump comes up in the road. I have really bad skin. Um, I always get an every now and then breakout, but it's got worse over the years. I'd say like my early twenties. And so I would take a picture. I would ask Zach to take a picture of me and I would look at the imperfections. I would look at how my face is a bit wonky or like how I have a pimple or on the picture I posted that quote with, I had a cold sore that you can't, you can't control. Like it comes and you're like, no. And all you can do is treat it until it gets better. Mm. So I don't know. I just didn't really feel every day. I didn't feel perfect. And that's not possible. Like, you're always going to have things to battle. You're always going to have things you're not happy with. So for me, I really have to transform that into something deeper and something bigger. And I used it as gas to make me get deeper within my body and my soul and feel better from the inside. Mm. Yeah, you can be pretty, you can wear makeup, you can do your hair every day, but it's how you hold yourself and how you express your your joy, your personality on a day-to-day. Um, so I really learned to show beauty from the inside, whether that be in conversations with people, whether that be transformed through my skating, mm. 
even with the things I eat, like I eat things that I enjoy to eat because it makes me feel good. So yeah, like I really had to transform these things. I just made me the person I am today. It's a lot of the people that know me very well. I'm very carefree. I will, I just did a dance class on zoom with pimple cream all over my face. <laughs> and like, I wouldn't have done that years ago. I would have put makeup all over them. Like I, I, I'm starting to really embrace the physical view and what people see, whether that be perfect or imperfect or good looking or I have breakouts. Like I'm still, I want to be able to shine from the inside. Mm. That's, it's so admirable. And for anyone listening who struggles with self-esteem or loving themselves, do you have any first steps that they can take in order to embrace who they are, imperfections and all? Well, I know it's a, I know it's scary to, for even, I'm just calling out for women here to not wear makeup. So for me, it's getting comfortable in your own skin whether that means you stay at home and you don't wear makeup when you're at home and you get comfortable in your own skin with yourself first Mm -hmm. and you take that step by going outside without say you can wear everything else except lipstick one day and then see how that feels and then start eliminating things Mm -hmm. and look it may not it may not work for you it may do it may change things and not on the base of makeup or skin. For me, some things I do on the ice don't feel comfortable. I feel like a fool doing them. And I'm embarrassed to do them. And then you watch them and you're like, oh, that's pretty cool. So what you feel is not always what people see. So you may feel like you've got super bad skin. You may feel like you're not, like your body doesn't look good. Not everybody sees that. Yeah. We judge ourselves a little bit more, a little bit more, way a more lot, than a lot people more. outside do. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think putting into perspective and knowing that it's not just you, everybody around you has their own struggles. It's just look, you've got to look at it in a different angle sometimes. You spoke about how you've really been able to connect with Adrian and tell such stories on the ice. And your performances always have such unique and emotional thematic undercurrents. And one favorite of mine was Let It Be. And I think this is so pertinent to what's happening right now in the world because we have no idea what's going to happen and it's completely out of our control. So... What does this song mean to you right now and how are you applying it to your life? Let It Be is such a special song. It, I remember even skating I couldn't not sing along with the words and feel something deeper than skating. And it's true, the words are so simple. But with what's happening in the world right now, you really have to let it be. Like mm-hmm. There's not... There's nothing you can do. Of course, staying home, washing your hands, being healthy, taking care of your mind, body, and soul, all things you can do. Yeah. But the rest, you have to let it be. You have to let it stay and let it do its time, and it will pass. It's cool you mentioned that, that we can apply that song to what's going on right now. 
Yeah. I think I'm going to go watch that program after this call. (laughs) And I know that we can't control anything right now, but let's say you can envision your dream life 10 years from now. So you'll be 33 because someone had a birthday yesterday. Um, So who are you with? What are you doing? And where are you? Okay, I gotta be by the sea somewhere. Okay. I have to be by the sea somewhere. I'm with my dogs. Well, dream. So let's say in a beach house. Somewhere on the world, somewhere in the world by the sea in a beach house. Like this is what I call home. Doing something I love. And honestly, I have no idea what that is yet. Whether that be performing in skating still in shows or off ice stuff, joining the circus, I have no idea. Wow. <laughs> but that, the, like the vision of sat at home looking out of the sea with the dogs or whatever animals I have at the time, um, it, sounds, it just feels like a dream. That would be incredible. Sounds pretty great. Sounds expensive also, but, but (laughs) we're talking dream and you know what, like your dad said, whatever you commit to and put grit and grind, as you said, towards you will accomplish. Yeah. No doubt. Okay. Time to cool down. That was our intense workout for the evening. I like it. Okay. So in my last interview, it was with Maddie and I called the segment self-isolation salvation. But I thought of something a little more punchy, so I'm renaming it, you're hearing it here first, to the Quarantine Quotient, a formula to enhance our spirits and experience during this unsettling time. So I, um, you spoke a lot about mind, body, and soul, and I believe that these categories are very important, and um, so I'm thinking of them as curiosity, vitality, and serenity, and we'll go quickly into each of these, just to give everyone an idea of the structure moving forwards. So starting with curiosity, what are you most curious about at the moment? I'm really intrigued and really curious at like what everyone is doing at home. Like what what are you guys doing to stay active, to stay, I don't know, not bored out of your mind? Yeah. So for me, I've been going on social media to see if people are updating their lives <laughs> at home. So I'm most curious to know what you're all doing at home. Um, what were that? is what your what exercise are you doing uh what you're baking oh yeah what you're, what you're cooking we're gonna talk about that don't worry yeah don't worry so very curious about that so everyone keep posting because olivia is watching and i'm watching too <laughs> what is your favorite quote that you've seen recently i wrote this one down and it really applies to the time we're going through Make your attitude gratitude. Develop an attitude of gratitude this year. I saw this at the beginning of the year, but the make your attitude gratitude applies for me right now. For me, it's hard to have an attitude when I don't have an everyday thing scheduled to go to. I don't have the attitude of a professional athlete right now Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to by doing classes by eating healthy by staying active but I'm I'm not able to do it fully because I'm not on the ice I'm not getting my car going to training I'm not waking up early to to put on my skates 
So I've switched my attitude to gratitude, just being grateful for everything that happens in my day, whether that means I walk my dogs, I bake banana bread, I I hug Zach, like little tiny things. Just I'm just very grateful for every single one. So make your attitude gratitude. Yeah. And it's catchy. I love it. I love it. And I completely Simple. agree. So moving into vitality, what is your favorite way to practice self-care right now? Right now, um, a lot of people have their meditation in different ways. Everybody's different. Meditation is usually calm, quiet, serenity. Um, For me, music is a big thing in my life. It was Zach, actually, that mentioned it to me. He said, I think music can count as meditation for you. Mm. Like, he, he senses that it calms me, and I feel it. I let loops. I I go into a different world. I listen to lyrics. I listen to beats. I let my body move with feeling, which for me, that's meditation. That's the form of meditation. Mm. And I've been listening to a lot of music and sometimes until super late at night because I'm feeling it. Like, I don't want to stop. I'm in the kitchen cooking and I'll be listening to loud music. I promise you my neighbors do not hate me yet. Yeah. I'm your neighbor and I don't hate you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so that's so, one person. Yeah, I, I've i been... Well, I listen to music anyway for training and for warming up, but I've really been looking at it in a deeper way these past couple of weeks. And I know that banana bread is playing a role in your life right now. So just tell everyone quickly about this delicious recipe. Yeah, the banana bread recipe, I did adapt to a gluten-free banana bread recipe because uh, Zach is on a certain diet at the moment. Mm -hmm. I did take that into consideration and make it gluten-free. That was nice. Um, But wow, it still tasted bomb. It was so good. I remember tasting a piece and being like, I need to share this with the world. I need people to taste this, not just me and Zach. So I did bring over a piece to you, Lila. <laughs> I can um, I can testify it was unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. And it was the day that we found out that worlds were canceled. So it yeah. was like therapy banana bread for me, and it was much appreciated. I think it made it even taste a bit better, just knowing it was therapy banana bread. Yeah. Um, I've never made banana bread before, um, but I've made it twice during these weeks now, and I'm planning on doing it a third, maybe tomorrow. I support that. Um, for me, it's like you can have it for dessert, but you can also have it for breakfast. You know what? I've been doing that with my zucchini banana bread. I have it twice yeah. a day. <laughs> no Ooh. shame. Zucchini banana bread. I may have to take that recipe. For. Well, actually, <laughs> I'm doing a, the live stream with I Am tomorrow, and I will be sharing it. Perfect. I'm watching. It's so good. It is so good. I'm watching. Okay. And then finally, serenity. What are you doing to feed your soul? I'm a sun baby. Like, I know people say water baby, but I'm a sun baby. Okay. Um, so I've been finding the sun. Hmm. And you know what's funny? My dog Duke is the exact same. We are the same. He will find the sunspot and, and lay in it wherever it is. And I, that's me also. 
So I wake up, the sun's out, I make a glass of water and I come and, and I just lay in the sun. Wow. Um, I feel it gives me a positive energy yeah. and it starts the day off so well. Sometimes the sun will be out all day and I'll go and lay back in it later on in the afternoon. And that sunspot has usually moved. So you're just chasing um, the sun. Yeah, so for me, um, finding the sun and going on walks, getting outside, for me, fresh air is a big thing. Yeah. I, we're fortunate, I'm fortunate enough that I have a big balcony, so I don't have to always go out. But today I decided to go out on a walk and it was raining. And I took my dogs on a walk in the rain. The dogs were like, um, mom, it's raining. Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> But just having the connection with, well, for me, Mother Nature, like in general, mm-hmm. um, a big weather person, whether that be sun, rain, not so much snow. Yeah, we live in Montreal. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, connecting with the outdoors. Yeah. And final question, what is your number one book recommendation? So I'm not a huge bookworm. Um, at the moment, I'm reading Mark Manson's second book. Uh, excuse my language, but it is called Everything is Fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm halfway through it. It has a cool perspective on the world. And it goes back to old history dates, and it will talk about the war, like the wars, everything. And like it says, it's messed up. So. But it always has a positive out, like outcome to each to each par- uh, to each chapter. I'm halfway through it. Um, I let you know how it is when I finish it. Okay. I'm really enjoying it so far. I'm not a very fast reader. It takes me a while to get through a book. Sometimes I have to reread the page I just read. <laughs> but it's worth it. Yeah, um, you process it more. Yeah, but a book that I do have and I do keep in my skiing, uh, my competition suitcase usually is um a book a friend gave me actually my friend shane lent it to me years ago it's called don't sweat the small stuff Hmm. and i'm pretty sure he gave it me because we had a conversation about being nervous or probably a conversation about twizzles because that's small (laughs) yep and it leads to nerves for most of us yeah so the title says it all don't sweat the small stuff Wow. It is by Richard Carlson. Okay. So if anyone wants to read it, it, I highly recommend. It's a small book, so it's it's an easy read. Um, And you can open it at any page and just remind yourself of some facts. And it just brings you back to your center, especially as athletes, getting Mm -hmm. nervous. It's, It's a good book to have handy. Well, these book recommendations will be put to good use because... I have a tradition on my show where I give my guest the book that was recommended by the previous guest. So you will be giving both recommendations. I will get both books for Laurence and Nick, who I will be interviewing next week. Oh, amazing. And, and then you have a book from Miss Madison Hubble called My Absolute Darling by Gabriel Talent. And she said not to read it when you're alone in your apartment. So luckily you have some company. And okay. I will be getting that to you as soon as I can. 
Oh my God, this is amazing. Thank you for that. Well, I just wanted to thank you so much for, for chatting with me today. You are a ray of sunshine. I know you chase the sun, but you are sun. And um, you shared so much wisdom and positivity with everyone. And I think we need it now more than ever. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Lila. Thank you. And happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, sweetie. And thank you for the cookies. You're so welcome. They were so good to the point where like Zach today was like, hey, can I have half a cookie? And I'm like, yeah, I'll have the other half. And then I think 10 seconds later, he was like, actually, can I have a full one? And I'll bring you a full one. (laughs) Yeah, sounds like a plan. I I ate many yesterday and I'm very, happy very good. happy to share them. Yeah, thank you, honey. You're so welcome. Have a good night. Thank you, you too. Bye. Bye I'm Lila and you've been listening to the Lila Joe show. You can follow the show on Instagram and Twitter. If you haven't yet, head over to Apple Podcast and subscribe, rate and review this podcast. Join me next time for another episode. Thanks for listening.